This is the Tallahassee Business Podcast, bringing you engaging conversations with influential members of the community that you need to know. This episode is brought to you by The Health Network. The Health Network is an innovative advertising platform with more than 30 digital monitors and almost a dozen different medical waiting rooms throughout Tallahassee. With a diverse mix of medical practices, The Health Network provides advertisers unmatched visibility to a highly engaged audience while directly connecting with target consumers through static and video ads. To learn how your business can effectively reach over 60,000 patients and guests per month, visit THNAdvertising.com. Well, hello, everybody. This is Sue Dick with the Chamber Podcast. Very excited today to have Rick Carney and Sam Vance with us to talk about homelessness in our community and all the hard and long work that's being done. Rick and Sam, thanks for being with us today. Great to be here. Well, this is absolutely well, this is an important topic, and I know uh, everyone in our community has sees homelessness every day, um, wants to try and help. And we're going to get into a little bit of that. But I think most importantly, and as a Chamber of Commerce, what what we feel is very important, and this is within our three strategic priority areas. One and we're going to address today is really our community and the overall prosperity of our community. And, and as a Chamber, we want to continue to have these conversations and talk about the programs and also really link it to the importance of, of a vibrant community and for every citizen to really live the life they should live and for the businesses. Um, Rick, I look at you, we've known each other for many years and right. you know, I want to go on air and say thank you for everything you have done in our community. Mm-hmm. You, um, you have been out there on many fronts, contributing, creating a lot of jobs. And I think it'd be great for our listeners to just even know a little bit of how you got to this point. But first, starting out with IBM and the choices you made to give back and, and your successes as well. So maybe just give us a snapshot of the, the year in life of Rick. Yeah, I was one of those people that you sometimes hear about that, you know, had this great trajectory of a job going and then they have some sort of lightning bolt revelation and they realize that they're on the wrong path and they just quit. And people thought I was nuts to quit a great job with IBM to go be poor and work for the homeless. Um, but it worked out. Um, but I never lost that passion. And one of the things I always thought was when I was out there begging for money, wouldn't it be great that if I could be one day successful and then I could give of my surplus to make this an easier job of helping people? And, you know, your generosity is often matched by other people who see the example. And so that's really what we're trying to experience now. Uh, is to get the, the, the business community to see that as, as you become more successful and prosperous in business, that it's, it's an obligation and a, it's just fair to take some of that profit and that, that reward and, and share it with the community because it's how things work. Well, and I think for you, I mean, you, you, as you said, you stopped your professional career and you said, I'm going to go do and get involved. I think it's important, you know, information is key. So, maybe share with our listeners what you learned along the way or what if someone today is thinking homelessness and they have just a picture or a mm-hmm. thought maybe maybe right set that for everybody listening to right. really be informed because that's how you really start with progress yeah well a lot of people from my generation think of homelessness like a hobo that basically just rejects society and puts their belongings on a little stick and a handkerchief on their back and they choose homelessness uh, and that may have been a lifestyle at some point in time, but the vast majority of people that we see today at our center 
are people that have a lifetime of trauma and mental health disability and substance use disorder. And it leads to homelessness Mm -hmm. and it leads to unemployment Mm -hmm. and it leads to criminal behavior or, you know, psychiatric outcomes that are not desirable. And so we have to look holistically when we see somebody that's homeless, like what's really going on, you know, behind the curtain there. And it's, it's not law enforcement to solve that problem. It's more of a, a you know, a medical professional uh, to help somebody like that. The, the clients, and we're going to talk about the Carney Center because, as you said, you, you went out and just actually did it. And, and Sam, your role is obviously to do all the hard work with your board to implement the programs. And, and your day is full, I know. Mm-hmm. But I think you, I think understanding who the client base is, you know, people have a number in their mind that they think are homelessness individuals in our community. What, what are the statistics? Well, it's a broad spectrum and maybe has, maybe Sam has the numbers memorized, but, um, you know, there's the four or 500 people that, you know, uh, circulate through our, our front door every year. Um, but there's another 200 that are documented living in the woods encampments. And then there's probably another 200 people that are just floaters. And you see them at the corner gas station or I-10 or, um, at, you know, on your stoop you know, of your business. Um, and there are more options out there. You know, it really is a, a spectrum of, of need and it's not just a human shelter on, you know, on Pensacola Street. So we need to expand our perspective on some of the options for this 1,200 to 1,500 people, not to mention the transient people that come through I-10. Well, and I, and I think, Sam, that might be a nice jump over to you. You're maybe a little bit about you and how our community is fortunate to have you here. And then let's talk about the Kearney Center and, and what that looks like each and every day. Yeah, as Ruth said, you know, we have um, a lot of individuals in the in the city and that come from other cities. We actually, um, the Kearney Center serves eight counties in the Big Bend. So um, we cross a lot of areas and we have people that come from those areas to Tallahassee looking for services. So at any given time, like you said, we can have four to 500 people that we're serving. Uh, but we also have other programs that we provide that uh, allow us to divert individuals and get them back home. Uh, so somebody who might be homeless in the area who is not from here but has family close by, uh, we have programs that can do that for them to get them home. Uh, last year, we served just under 3,000 individuals. So um, we have a, a number, of, a, an array of services that we offer. And it's my passion that brought me to uh, the Kearney Center to serve the homeless. Uh, I started when I was in the womb. My mother was pregnant with me, uh, and she was homeless on the streets. She slept under a bridge, going through a domestic violence marriage uh, and situation that caused her to be out on her own versus um, being in a house with him where she could have lost her life. She wanted me to live. And that was really my start. And that's what I continued to hear as I was growing up. So at age nine, it took her some years to get on her feet. And at age nine, when I was nine, she made sure I was in the homeless shelters. And she said, I want you to serve and I want you to give back to others like they gave back to me. And you always treat these people just like you would treat any one of us, any one of your family members or friends. So uh, one of our staff said today, these are my people. 
And I feel like that. These are my people because at age nine, I was I was there really short, barely able to see folks over the food line. But I was serving corn and mashed potatoes. And and I grew up like that until age 18 when I moved out. And that's been my jam. Even as an adult, I've gone to homeless shelters every year and still serve because of what was instilled in me as a as a young child. So uh, this work is is a passion of mine. And uh, most people know me for women and girls work, but homelessness has always been near and dear to my heart. Well, you know, if, if we talk about the Kearney Center, and you went ahead and mentioned it's on Pensacola, uh, and you touched on some of the services, go ahead if you can and paint the full spectrum here of the services and the clients that you are seeing. Mm -hmm. So we have roughly, uh, actually today, uh, we have 230 individuals within our facility. Uh, more men than women, about 160 men, 70 women. Uh, we typically serve around 256 is our max, but on cold nights and anytime we have a, a disaster, like a natural disaster, hurricane or what have you, we can serve up to 373. So um, we're able to house a number of, um, of folks and in, in, again, in the Big Bend area. We provide three meals a day. Uh, we also have the medical and dental facility, which I love and most people forget about but we provide free medical and dental services to them. And that's one of Rick's babies, you know, that's his heart to see that they have that holistic service where you can come in and not only focus on getting back on your feet to get housing, but you can get a, a nice smile to go with it. And you can get some medication to make sure, you know, you're healthy in the process and go on the job interviews. We are, uh, this month we just launched our enrichment center that provides uh, career readiness services. Uh, we also have uh, a partnership with FSU and FAMU that we're developing to provide uh, nutrition budgeting planning and have them come out and talk about the importance of life skills training in these different areas that folks need to uh, really get back on their feet. The mental health piece is, is huge also. So we have partner agencies like Ability First and uh, Dis Village and Appalachie who work with our clients and uh, folks who come in and help them get their social security and their disability benefits so they can obtain housing. One of the issues is we, we lack affordable housing right now. Um, so our focus is continuing to reach out to folks and partners that can provide that affordable housing to get our clients on their feet. Well, and I, I know that um, with COVID, you all had to kind of pivot and create a plan B, C, and D. And um, yeah. F and G. <laughs> right, right. So maybe where are we with that? Um, and and congrats on trying to work through it. It was just, I know, kind of a moving target. But anything you want to share about what that, maybe what you learned from that and, and what you use, every situation creates an opportunity for yeah. preparing mm -hmm. for the next. Well, it, you know, we thought we were almost done. And now it's the new normal. COVID is just to, to be with us for some time. We don't know mm -hmm. when it's going to end. But it's, it's no longer a crisis either. We have options, you know, if it's symptomatic. We have like actually this flow chart, you know, for each person, you know, are you positive or negative? Or do you have symptoms, no symptoms? How do you feel? How bad is it? Do you need to be isolated? You know, when does your quarantine start? When does it end? When do we recheck you on testing? So we have all this, this matrix of stuff, but it is what it is. You know, we don't like it. Nobody likes it, but it, it hasn't stopped us. Like it, mm -hmm. it did a lot of centers around the country closed mm -hmm. so it's part of our our you know like our food and our health services and so forth but now we're, we're looking at you know 
it wasn't such a bad thing to move people into into independent housing because they thrived. They did well. So mm-hmm. we learned from that, that even though it was a motel and it was double occupancy, right. these people did a lot better, you know, mm-hmm. in their day-to-day life there as far as their appearance and their jobs and their um, independence. So we really need to get creative, you know, with all of our partners. How do we get people out of congregate sheltering, which is bad for germ spreading anyway, and get them into their own place and get them on their own feet and stabilize their lives? Mm-hmm. Sam, anything you want to add to that? As yeah, you know, that makes me think of what Miami is doing to outlaw homelessness. And they started in the pandemic when they were housing individuals in, um, in hotels. And it helped them to provide those services on site and get people to really understand that they can be independent. You know, you're in a hotel and it's almost like being in an apartment, right? Like a studio apartment. So it's like, okay. If I've just come out of prison and I'm used to that congregate living and I've gone into a shelter, now I'm in this hotel, I could actually make it on my own. Mm -hmm. So uh, we have seen a little bit of that. Um, Last year, we were able able to house just under 500 people, which is tremendous during a pandemic that we can get people into their own housing. Um, Right now, like he said, COVID has been a a way of life for us, but it's not welcomed. (laughs) We don't welcome it. Um, It has cost us a lot. And we're we're hopeful that the legislature will see that and help us with the funding on that because we've expended a lot with masks and testing, Mm -hmm. getting people in hotel rooms, meals three times a day out to the hotel, you know, that, that staff time that goes out there and the services we provide. So it's a lot that goes into it. We're dealing with it every day. This morning, I was at the hotel checking on clients, knocking on doors, making sure they're okay. One guy said, hey, I need some extra string Tylenol. You know, so we got to have a staff person to go bring Tylenol. It's those things that um, COVID has presented uh, many challenges for us on. But uh, we, we have, uh, I would say, triumph in, in the whole thing. We've uh, not only tackled it with grace and um, I commend the team for really doing a great job in that. We established a vaccination program that you don't see throughout Florida, where we've established an actual in-house vaccination, uh, where we've, uh, for the last three weeks, have given 118 wow. vaccines to our clients. And that's just a, the first dose, and we'll be given that second dose as well, and anyone who needs the booster. That's a huge accomplishment for us during uh, an outbreak but we have no positive cases within the facility. Everyone is placed, everyone is tested upon entry, and then they are placed in a hotel if they are positive. Uh, We encourage the vaccines, we encourage the boosters. If they wanna get it, they get it. Right now we have 78% of our clients who are fully, who have received the first vaccination. And then we have 69% of our staff who are also vaccinated. So we're encouraging folks, we're doing the trainings, and it's, we're really seeing a turnaround with everything. And uh, we're hopeful that we can continue to get back to our, mm-hmm. our state of normalcy mm-hmm. at yeah. some point. Yeah. Well, to keep the momentum, what do you need? What, what do you need from the listeners or the business community or the community as a whole? We always need uh, funding, of course, to, to you know, keep our operations afloat. That's a big thing. And I'm so grateful to our local churches because they give so much just monthly, automatically, they give uh, to help support the operations uh, and the mission. We also need volunteers. That's a big thing. Like I said, I've volunteered since I was nine years old. If we can get more people out to volunteer in the kitchen, 
that's that that would be helpful for us groups individuals mm-hmm. uh we need trash pickup in the perimeter especially mm-hmm. over the weekend uh and just folks to come out and and talk to our our clients and our enrichment center and help encourage them a lot of it is mental health issues how can we um, get some of you out to to talk to them about how to be better and and encourage them to be confident as they go along in self-sufficiency on that path and then uh, just our partner agencies and and any corporations in the community who want to partner with us and and say hey let's get a day where we have some mainline employees that come out and and volunteer in the kitchen and, and do like a group thing. So volunteering, funding, donating, and coming out to talk to, our, talk to our clients is always big. Oh, and we also take clothing and toiletries. And believe it or not, we take furniture mm-hmm. because we house people and they don't have any mm-hmm. furniture. So we take microwaves and things like that to help them get a good start. All right, so you just gave a, a lot. So yeah. where, where do the, who do they contact? How can they best communicate with you because I, I know the listeners are saying, okay, I can help. I want to mm-hmm. help. They just, sometimes people just need to know how. So what's the best way for them to get in touch with you or the best way to, if they want to act on anything you just said? Yeah. On our website, cefctlh.org, which uh, you can click on the Carney Center and it'll lead to the carneycenter.org. Uh, and you can see the different ways to get involved. You can also find us on Facebook. We're very social media friendly on Instagram and LinkedIn. You know, thank you, Sam. Um, thank you for all the hard work that you're doing with your team and your board and, and Rick for everything you've done. I know, um, again, I'm going to say it again. I, I know that I've kind of followed you along the way and personally and professionally and everything you continue to give. And it's, it's no small act that your name is on the center. And there's a reason for that because you had the vision and you continue mm-hmm. to support it. Um, we haven't talked about the dwellings. You know, part of this is as a successful business person that you are, you are always have a strategy and plan moving forward. So let's touch a little bit on dwellings. And then I guess my last question will be always looking to the future and, and what opportunities are there? Where do we, where do we want to be if we have this conversation again in a year from now? So. Right. So, you know, we, we need a graduate program for homelessness mm-hmm. and the, the solution to prevent homelessness from reoccurring is community. The, the number one health risk, in the United States is not cancer or heart disease, it's loneliness. And that's documented mm-hmm. by university researchers, is especially once you uh, go you know, above 40 years of age, mm-hmm. loneliness is the number one health issue. And so we, and we are living, especially the people at the poverty line, are living in isolation. They don't have their, their network of family and friends and trusted people that their pastor or their teacher or their their co-workers. I mean, they're, they're living to the best of their abilities um, in isolation. And so the dwellings recreates community, like mm-hmm. Mayberry, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so we've got the same characters, but it's pleasant, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's food, there's nutritious food, and we, we educate people on, you know, why you need to eat well and why you need to be a part of other people's lives. And, you know, if somebody's good at you know, changing light bulbs, you know, maybe a veteran can help, you know, a, a senior grandmother, you know, put up her Christmas tree or mm-hmm. change the light bulbs and, and she can help decorate his house, you know, for when his grandkids are visiting or something, you know, mm-hmm. they all have gifts. And so that's what this community is all about. And people then talk and they socialize and we have 
you know, marshmallows and mm-hmm. hot dogs and hamburgers, and it's great. And and that's really what's missing in across the country. And so it's a model. It's a model that we want to prove out that like you can you can make a lot of these societal issues go away if you just put people back, you know, into into a community. How mm-hmm. many residents at the dwellings? So we have 130 units and over 200 people. Okay. Inside those units, and so we expand. We will be expanding it. Okay. Wonderful. And so, kind of mapping out future. Well, the future is, you know, we're working on a program right now with Florida State University um, at the dwellings to provide um, an in-house overlay for mental health and substance abuse treatment and long-term rehabilitation. So as much as we can put people back into community and get them stabilized financially and their jobs and um, nutrition and well-being, Mm -hmm. um, if, if you have an underlying mental health or substance use disorder, uh, it doesn't go away, you know, just over time. <laughs> so there, you need treatment, but, you know, you can't afford to go to the Betty Ford Clinic or to any of these other, you know, luxurious rehab programs. And they're usually short, short term, 30 or 60 days, you know, for eighty dollars to $100,000 a month. So we're working with Florida State, again, to create a new model for something that could be covered through state funding or other mm-hmm. types of, you know, Department of Children and Families has a... a bank for this kind of thing so that it could be an affordable long-term recovery program that actually heals people and, and, and corrects the, the wrongs that have occurred in their life. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Sam, how you, um, when you're out, I just, I'm, I'm looking at you, we're, we're on, we're voice only, so people can't mm-hmm. see either of you, but um, I keep looking over at Sam and you can just tell that your mind is always just thinking and kind of through this. So. My squirrel brain. Yeah. So one year yeah. from now, or what, what's your closing comment you would want our <clears throat> listeners to know? Uh, you know, I, I'm blessed to, uh, just listening to Rick, be able to uh, be a champion for the dream that he had when he set out to help the homeless. Uh, and I'm, I'm blessed every day to carry out that mission. And I think as long as we continue to work together in the community to create solutions that help to end homelessness, then we are we are better off as a community. We we build the quality of life for everyone here. And I would like to see a better quality of life a year from now where we have less homeless people on the streets, more folks sustainable and more people healthy, which is the mission that Rick set out to do. Well, to our listeners, again, they can reach out, get involved, and, and learn a little bit more and, and really kind of step into trying to help our community moving forward. So, Sam and Rick, thank you. Thanks for coming in. Thank you, Sam. Thanks for recording. And thank we'll, you. Uh, we'll talk maybe in less than a year from now, but we'll read this. For sure. This. We'll provide the update. Thanks so much.